Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, managing editor, fightfulmma.com. Go over there to get all of your MMA news, live coverage, and discussion every single show. We have a lot of people over there uh, in our live coverage talking about the event. So make sure you all come over and enjoy it with some of the best. We have one of the best on the show with us, one Showdown Joe, or <laughs> is prof- he is professionally known, Joe A. Ferraro. Yes, Joe A. Ferraro. That's the uh, professional name. Showdown Joe, I guess, for the MMA world. But uh, thank you for the nice, kind compliment there. Not sure I agree, but all right. Well, you know what? Uh, to hell with you then. <laughs> we've got ufc greenville to talk about bellator london at least a little bit bellator 222 that was a a notable card and and lots of news to get into but as we get into things uh did you get caught up in any of the parade yesterday i didn't have a chance to go because i was actually at my mechanics which we just couldn't get the timing right but we i watched i was listening to it on the radio and then i take my son for a haircut uh, we were in there for about an hour, and, and that's when uh, I guess they just made it uh, onto the stage. And, and then at home, a bunch, I mean, one of the stations here, Sportsnet, was just showing uh, a one-hour loop of it over and over again. So we didn't miss anything. It was absolutely unreal. There's a picture on my stories right now on my Instagram that shows the depth of the amount of people that were actually there. And that doesn't include Nathan Phillips Square, where the end of the parade was, where they ended up on stage. It's it's. If you guys get a chance, just check out uh, Joey Ferraro on, on Instagram. It is the amount of people was ridiculous. It was un- insane, insane. Well, Bellator 222 is this weekend. I have a full post show podcast up on that, and there was a lot of news that emerged from this show, Joe. Just uh, a ton of stuff. Let's start with the prelims. Aaron Pico was dominating Adam Borks with wrestling. Got caught with a flying knee. You have Heather Hardy, who was just obliterated. Yeah. These are our two different fighters. Aaron Pico, about, gosh, 16, 17 years younger than Heather Hardy. A lot more potential. Heather Hardy, I just want to see her box. If she wants to keep fighting, more power to her, especially if they're on prelim shows at, in New York. I mean, that would be smart to put her on, on the prelims in New York because she sells tickets. Aaron Pico, 
this is a guy who just keeps facing really good fighters, and sometimes he is not better than those fighters, Joe. What do you think about his future? Your tweet, uh, I think, was just before the fight started or was during the fight, nailed it on the head that you know he's not fighting a scrub. Uh, you know, they're matching him up against, you know, other fighter fighters that are either similar records or similar skill sets. And he's just not able to figure some of these guys out. So uh, because of his age, I don't mind him continuing. I like your, your assessment of Heather Hardy. Uh, but it's when a guy loses like that, um, you know, he lost his debut. You start thinking to yourself, what do you do with him? You know, well, let him fight. Let him continue. I mean, you never know. Other guys that had crazier. Look at Anthony Smith. I mean, he had a crazy career, and he ended up fighting for the world title, right? And he might fight for the world title again. You never know. So there's plenty of time uh, for Aaron Pico. It sucks that he lost, but, you know, it's MMA. It is what it is. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, Aaron Pico beat Leandro Higo, who I think is a pretty good fighter, all things considered. So I I don't think he's a lost cause or anything. I just think he's got a lot to learn. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi is not in that same situation. He is now Bellator Bantamweight champion. You got to believe Scott Coker's thrilled. He's like, yeah, yeah, Horiguchi. Um, I want to see Horiguchi fight Cejudo. I want to see Horiguchi fight Mighty Mouse. I want to see Horiguchi fight all the best because Horiguchi is one of the best. And this fight over Darian Caldwell uh, really showed that. Caldwell controlled things early, but Horiguchi, even though he was undersized, a, a pretty good-sized flyweight against a really big bantamweight, and Horiguchi won this fight and, and did so in impressive fashion. Horiguchi is special, Joe. Special. And, uh, I mean, you get to call his fights with regularity. Yeah, he doesn't go away. He will not go away. <laughs> Even in that fight with Muddy Mouse, it took to the very last second for Muddy Mouse to finish him off. So, you know, Kyoji will not go away. Yeah, he was dominated early on in the fight. Uh, you know, Kolo was doing a fantastic job controlling him. But eventually, that you know, the gas tank sort of went down to empty. Uh, and Horiguchi's gas tank never goes to empty. He just keeps going and going and going and going uh, and eventually has the ability uh, to turn around a fight. And the fact he was able to do that, um, you know, you give him 25 minutes against anyone, he's going to look good. He even looked good in, in the uh, Demetrius Johnson fight in that last round. So it is it is what it is. But, you know, two promotion champ, I mean, the guy is fantastic. If you didn't get a chance to watch this fight, try and get on. Um, you know, YouTube and watch some of his rising fights. The guy is just absolutely ridiculous when he competes and he's well, he deserves this, right? And in terms of Scott Coker, not being overly impressed or, or just thinking to myself, what just happened here? There, there's a lot of cross promotion between the two promote or between the two organizations. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, Horiguchi now is getting paid twice, right? He's got to defend the rising title. He's got to defend the Bellator title. They're all championship title fights, which continue uh, to raise his stock value. So I'm happy for him. For Caldwell, he's lost twice to Horiguchi. That's not a situation you want to be in because you can't justify a third fight unless he wins like seven or eight in a row, something like that, and forces somebody's hand. If I were him, I I wouldn't hesitate to bump up to featherweight and maybe even try to get in that Bellator featherweight tournament that's going to launch. Yeah, why not? You're You're right. I don't think he's going to get another shot uh, against Horiguchi unless it's a last-minute thing or step in uh, at the last moment. But I think you're absolutely – you're drinking a beer. Actually, no, it's green tea. Beer. It's green tea. My bad, my bad. I forgot <laughs> it. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean is as clean as they come. I know we're going to get to TJ Dillashaw, so there'll be some sort of segue oh, there from Sean, but Sean is very, very clean. Uh, yeah, Caldwell, I mean, you're right. You lost twice against Horiguchi. You're not getting that title shot anytime soon unless it's absolutely craziness last minute. 
try your hand at 145. Why not? I think for Horiguchi, he's probably got Sean Bunch or Patrick Mix up next. Patrick Mix, who immediately came into Bellator and hit a, a great standing rear naked choke. You have us. It was it was amazing. Yeah, it was man. very good. You have yeah. one Archuleta at featherweight. He's probably punched his ticket to that tournament. I think Archuleta <laughs> deserves to be on the featherweight championship side of that bracket. Uh, you're right. I'm ready you're right. for that at this point. He should not be left out of that. He looked great. He jobbed out Eduardo Dantes. I said before this that I think that anybody with that type of championship experience stands a chance. Archuleta made sure he didn't stand a chance. Good-looking stuff out of Patrick Mix and Juan Archuleta on this show, Joe. Yeah, Patrick Mix, though, when he jumped on the back, I was like, holy, okay. And he just yeah. kept, like, the technique just kept, just kept looking prettier and prettier and prettier until that choke got locked in, and that thing was on tight. So good for him. And as for Archuleta, uh, it's just – it's you know we, we've seen crazy things in MMA, but when he landed that right – that one punch where – um, you know, dude was kind of moving back and trying to adjust his mouthpiece. You're just kind of like, oh, this is not going to end well. Uh, didn't end well. I mean, it was just a thunderous punch one second ago. And uh, we tried that Triple H thing with drinking the drink and then spitting it up in the yeah. air at the end there. So good on him. Dylan Danis beat Max Humphrey. Is there anything we're talking about here? Dylan Danis beat a jobber. Looked good doing it. <laughs> yeah, you can't go to the ground with him. Listen, his takedown was nice. He was able to cross the feet, right? It's, yeah. it's one of the things that you try and do whenever you're doing a double leg takedown is if you can get your opponent that's standing like this to eventually cross their feet and then push in there so they their their, their feet come together you're taking them down so uh, very impressive takedown by uh, by Dylan and of course the submission is you know really surprised good good ground and pound too but he couldn't get it done that way but you could tell that he wanted to get it done that way yeah Lyoto Machida defeated Chael Sonnen Sonnen didn't look bad in the opening seconds he closed the distance on Machida as well as anybody not just lately that we've seen ever close the distance on Machida, yeah. which is kind of impressive. Uh, Sonnen would eventually get kneed and kicked and just couldn't continue. Uh, the same happened in the opening seconds of round two. Sonnen, that was a wrap. Machida looked very good. But the thing is, Joe, he had to have a willing, aggressive dance partner to look good. Otherwise, Machida is going to sit back. I did not agree with <laughs> with. Uh, Big John McCarthy's assessment of this fight. He said, you are the elusive karate fighter. And I'm like, no. Sonnen ran right at him. There was nothing elusive. It happens every time somebody does this to him, outside of maybe uh, Derek Brunson. But now you've got Machida, before we talk about Sonnen, who is riding a four-fight winning streak, returned to light heavyweight. Does he jump Vadim Nemkov in the light heavyweight title discussion because Bader hasn't defended his title since 2017. And Machida has that 2012 embarrassing knockout win over Bader. That's a lot easier for them to sell than Vadim Nemkov and Ryan Bader, Joe. If you are Ryan Bader, what decision do you make? Machida, without a doubt, over any heavyweight, over anybody. Unless... Unless Bobby Lashley's walking through that door, current WWE superstar to fight you at heavyweight, then you go to Lyoto Machida. You go for the biggest name if you're Ryan Bader, mid thirties. Yeah, you, 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 yes, one hundred percent. You got to go with your money fight. What is your money fight right now? It's Lyoto Machida, and you have the opportunity to avenge a loss that you may thought that never going to ever be able to avenge this loss. Guy, when the guys lose, I would figure eight, maybe nine times out of ten or girls, 
they want to avenge that loss. And now you've got that opportunity. You can defend the title. You can avenge that loss and get paid all doing it at the same time. So if I'm Ryan Bader, yeah, uh, Leota Machida is a fight that I'm picking. After the fight, Chael Sonnen uh, hung up his gloves, left his gloves in the cage, rather. He is 42 years old, um, a newly 42, just turned 42 a couple months ago, and said that he had planned on calling out Bader if he won. Uh, and a lot of people would have thought that was ridiculous, but had he won this fight, he would have won three of his last four, with that one loss being to uh, Fedor Emelianenko. So in Bellator, sure. He said that he had a five-fight deal with Scott Coker. He was a man of his word and wanted to honor it but wasn't going to retire if he won. But he seems very okay with with uh, with retiring. Now, there were a couple points brought up. You could tell he was emotional talking to Ariel Hawani. He had promised his dad that he would be a champion before he retired. Now, I'm not Chael. I can't put myself in those shoes. In my mind, he was WEC middleweight champion yeah, and deserved to be. And am I wrong, Joe? Based on the way that they they construct things now, that fight modern day, if Chael made weight and Philo didn't make weight, Chael still would have been eligible for that title, correct? Correct. So, I mean, he deserved that championship, and he deserved to be the last WEC champion. And I hate that that was taken away from him. And, you know, we can get into a lot of things about Chael Sonnen and his career. He was... I think the first MMA interview on Fightful, that was something that you had arranged and he was very generous with his time. Uh, helped me out with a couple of features. I'll always remember that. But I want to know, Joe, how will you remember Chael Sonnen both in the cage and out of the cage? Um, in the cage, he was fantastic. You know, he, I, I thought he was a fantastic fighter back in the day. I mean, obviously things slowed down for him as his career progressed, as age catches up with you. Uh, I, 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 there will always be a seat uh, at my kitchen table for Chael Sonnen. There will always be space in my backyard for him and his family uh, to enjoy a barbecue or some swimming with the little guys. Uh, he, he, I cannot tell you what he did for my career as well. Uh, I know George did the most for me. We all know that. Uh, but Chael Sonnen did a lot for me when it came to stuff with the Americans uh, whenever I had to go down there. And, and, and Chael was something else. I mean, some of the, I mean, the highlights that I have was one of the fights – the first highlight I have of when I think of Chael Sonnen was in one of the post-fight interviews when, you know, he was supposed to fight uh, the winner of uh, Anderson Silva and Vitor Belfort. He basically said, uh, I want the, uh, I want the easy fight. I want to fight the easy fight. And that's Anderson Silva. And that's when it all started. That's when it all started back in the day um, at that press conference in Vegas. I'll never forget that. The time him, myself, uh, and Jim Ross worked the battlegrounds, um, eight-man, one-night welterweight tournament. Uh, that experience with Chael was unbelievable. We spent so much time together, uh, along with Jim Ross, just doing our thing uh, as a broadcast team. I'll never forget that experience, that full weekend. It was, it was, it was something to behold, Sean. It was, it was incredible, uh, especially with Jim Ross. Jim Ross is he's just hilarious. because The stories that he was telling us was incredible. Um, and just one time, uh, I don't know what fight it was, uh, but he emerged victorious. He made a lot of money. And I overheard him talking vehicles with Dana White before I had a chance to speak with him. And before we actually spoke, he just came over to me. You know, I said, you know, how are you, sir? This, this, and that. And I just said, th- you know, before I even start this interview, I just want to say thank you. Like, thank you for everything that you do whenever I call you, whenever I text you, whenever I need you to do an interview, whether we're in person, whether it's over the phone, whether it's via camera, via satellite. Um, you're always available to me, right? And I just said, I, and he said, thank you. 
And I said, you get it. You absolutely get it. You know how to sell a fight. You know how to, this is way before uh, the big things was happening with Chael. I said, you get it. You're, you're on the right track. You know, it's, this is unbelievable. And he just, you could tell how humble he was. And he just said, thank you, Joe. I really, really appreciate it. You've been around the game for a long time. I'm glad that you're recognizing what I'm trying to do here. It was all off the record at the time, right? So I always have time for Chael's son. And I actually, Sean, as you know, I've said it before, I don't have much of an option. I do owe the guy a stake still. So eventually we're, <laughs> when we run into each other, uh, I doubt he'll remind me because he'll try and pay again. But for those tuning in right now, I do owe Chael Sonnen a steak dinner because he surprised me when he paid for mine when I came down uh, very first evening at the battlegrounds. He'd already ordered it for me, told me how I'm supposed to eat it, like a man is supposed to eat it, not like a Canadian or something like that. So, how is that? Yeah. How is that? I think he likes his steak. Uh, I think it was well done, if I'm not mistaken. I like my steak okay. medium. I like it medium and not according to the man's man, Chael Sonnen. So I had to eat the steak the way he ordered it, and I gladly did. It was fantastic. You know, I, I like my medium well. I, I don't mind mine well done as long as it's not burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe medium well is what he likes. I'm, I'm just trying to remember, but I, I like mine medium. Yeah, I, I'm, not on, I'm not on the rare boat, man. A lot of people seem to think that's some sort of badge of honor, not me. Uh, Chael Sonnen obviously had a long storied history <laughs> with failed drug tests, yeah. which he replied and said, I wasn't one of the worst drug cheats. I was one of the best drug cheats. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's I'm, easy to laugh about it now, but man, was it frustrating when it happened. I remember the one time when he, when he got pinched for the big stuff, it was a change of opponent. Uh, and he had basically said, well, I know. That dude's jacked. I'm getting jacked. We get caught. We get caught. That was his theory. It was more. It was. It wasn't. This is way before Usada, and it was one of those things where you know he he basically convinced me. He's like that dude's cheating. That dude's juiced up. I'm not fighting a juiced up guy without getting juiced up. That that was the the, the premise uh, of the conversation. And I was like, I, you know, I spoke to some other UFC fighters about it, and not one of them said I disagree. Like that dude's juiced. I'm getting juiced. And I was like, oh boy, this is gonna get ugly. And then they all got caught and didn't happen. So it's not like we're, we're done seeing Chael Sonnen. He's going to remain in the Bellator broadcast booth. He's going to do well at that. He said he's going to re- continue to defend his uh, titles in submission grappling, and he has an amazing podcast presence. Just excellent. He is just such a conversationalist with that. I, I highly encourage you guys to check that out. But uh, that wasn't even the main event of Bellator 222. The main event, Rory McDonald does what he needs to do to beat Neiman Gracie. And it seems in uh, the period in which we wondered if so many of these aspects of his religion and his mental state would affect him. He said that he's found himself and fixed himself in that time period. Well, he's going to need to against Douglas Lima because Douglas Lima wants that win back. Um, This is how this fight should have went with a 100% Rory McDonald. And I'm not surprised that it did, but there's nothing about this fight that makes me say, damn, I need to see Rory McDonald fight in the future. I agree. What about you, Joe? I agree 100%. I mean, kudos to, to Gracie uh, for lasting. Um, you know, he was getting punished there for a bit, but he kept going, even for that that final leg lock attempt. Um, he was trying, he was trying, but Rory McDonald was just that much better. So, uh, you know, give kudos to Rory. He defended his title, but he's got a big, big problem ahead of him in that rematch. Uh, with Douglas Lima, I, I'm going with Douglas Lima right off the top of my head here because that guy there is 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 some motivated, Sean. Some motivated. He wants to get Rory back in that cage as soon as possible. But 
Uh, I don't know what to think about Roy McDonald and the whole religion thing and that he found himself and blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. So that's Bellator 222. We've got some other news. Uh, ben Askren believes he could jump over Colby Covington if he wins at UFC 239. I don't think so. I think that Covington versus uh, Usman is the fight to make. It just feels like it's been so long since we've even talked about welterweights on this show, Joe. It seems it feels like it's been forever. Yeah. Well, I think if Ben Askren wins, he's on standby, right? He's definitely on standby, right? So uh, I do want to see the Colby fight uh, with Kamaru Usman. I think it's just, you know, we we always want – nobody likes unfinished business, right? Let's let's just wrap it up. Let's see what we get here and then then take it from there. So I definitely want to see that fight uh, with Colby um, and and Kamaru before Ben Askren gets a crack at that title. But with a win, and he's not going to get an easy win, I mean – I shouldn't say that because you never know what can happen. But, yeah, he's on standby. He deserves it. He's just – I mean, that that beating that he took from Robbie Lawler, I mean, to this day, watching those those punches that Robbie Lawler was landing on Ben Askren's mug, I thought he was going to kill him. Like, I thought he was going to die right there. And the dude took it, turned it around, uh, got the controversial win. But, yeah, man, that, 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 he could take a punch. Let's just not kid ourselves yeah. for a second, right? But yeah, it, it's been like since March since we've talked about really any high level welterweights. Uh, I mean, that's when Lawler versus Askren was. That's when Woodley versus Usman was. Uh, I think Teal last fought then, if I'm if I'm remembering right, Mazdal and Teal, Thompson and Pettis was back then. Uh, outside of Rafael dos Anjos, we we haven't really had anybody in that top ten fight since then. I don't think Ponzinibbio did. Yeah, Ponzinibbio hasn't fought since last November. So this division has just been kind of kind of quiet lately. Very quiet, exactly, yeah. So it remains to be seen what's going to happen, though, yeah. Anderson Silva's son scored a TKO win in his Muay Thai debut. Are you surprised? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's got some big pair of gloves to live up to, right? He's got to live up in, into his dad's shadow. But I always remember what, what Damian Marley always said about being the son of Bob Marley. And people are like, you know, your, your, your dad is this infamous, not infamous, but this world famous, you know, how do you supersede that? He's like, it's not about, you know, being bigger than my dad. I'm just, just imagine I'm on my dad's shoulders and my dad's shoulders, uh, he's carrying me around, right? So that's one way to look at it. So hopefully his son, hopefully Anderson's son can understand that you don't have to be like your dad. It's something to strive for, that's for sure, because that guy there was the greatest of all time at one point. You can still make the argument, uh, despite the the rocky end of his career or the the, the latter years of his career, but yeah, good for him. Got his, got his win, and then keep it going. Habib Nurmagomedov says that he's still holding out hope for a possible fight against George St. Pierre. What would you put the percentage of likelihood at? 30%. I think it's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, May, is would, it going to happen? Probably not. Can it happen? Never say never. Yeah, you'd have to wait for uh, wait the six months before uh, USADA does all the testing and all that stuff. Uh, Matt Mitrion versus Sergey Heritanov booked for a Bellator show. What is the percentage of likelihood that we will see another nut shot in this fight? Uh, oh, it's a good one. There's a prop, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go with. I'll go 85%. <laughs> really? <laughs> it happens, man. Sometimes it just happens between fighters, right? And I think, it, you know what? I think it's more than likely going to be a nut shot. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, last one on the percentage. What percentage of a chance are you giving Artem Lobov this weekend? 
bare knuckle fighting against Polly Malinaji, who MMA fans seem to think was some kind of scrub in the boxing world. Let me let you guys know he wasn't. He was very good. Five percent. Yeah, maybe five. 5%. Maybe five. one punch can change things, but I doubt it. Artem Lobov was not a good MMA fighter, much less a boxer. And uh, yeah, Whew. tough as tough as nails. He's tough as nails, but I mean, again, I know people will will, will you know still think it's controversial with the Floyd Mayweather and, and Tenshin Nasukawa fight. I can I can attest to this. Tenshin Nasukawa is a wizard. Don't kid yourself. The kid is something special. He's unbelievable. His speed, his power, his accuracy is, is I would say, second to none until he fought Floyd Mayweather. And when I saw that, I was just like, Jesus, is there a level to this stuff? Because this kid just amazes me and, and Frank Trigg and everyone that tunes into Rising Events and how he just dismantles Sean. Like, just brutalizes people with absolute hatred and venom and just oh he's unbelievable and as soon as that left hook was thrown to floyd mayweather's head game over floyd turned it on and if you're asking me who's a better striker between artem loboff and tension nasukawa nasukawa in a different stratosphere is much better and malanagi is going to be i think he's going to toy with Lobov, anything could happen, but Malagi was a good fighter, man. He was a stud back then, right? Not a crazy, you know, world champion to say the least where he went on these runs, but yeah, he, he was good. A couple other headlines. Sergio Pettis forced to withdraw from his fight against Ricardo Ramos in uh, Minneapolis. You also have uh, Bruno Silva out of his fight against Duran win at UFC Greenville. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, instead, Eric Spicely will step in and fight uh, Duran Win this weekend. That is an uphill battle for him. But we had one championship. Akiyama um, got beat. <laughs> he, he had a judo throw early on, but that was really the only name that almost anybody out here is going to know. Uh, are you surprised that Akiyama couldn't get it done? Well, he hasn't won a fight. Well, he won. He beat Amir Sadala in, in 2014, but before oh, that was 2009. Uh, that he that you know that Alan Belcher fight, which was fantastic, that split decision fight. But other than that, I mean, the guy hadn't fought in four years, pretty much four years. I mean, really, not not much to. Yeah, it, it had been great, but I'd like to see him in, in Ryzen, right? It's they they love those Japanese fighters retiring on their sword and you know that they're very very um, they look back at their history and, and they've got to go out as warriors. So I think it'd be great to see him uh, some way somehow score a deal with Ryzen. I don't know if they want him, but it'd be nice to see him there. But yeah, Sexyama, Sexyama, yeah, he's always a great guy. John Kavanaugh seems to think that Conor McGregor will be back this year. Do you think he will? Yeah, it's June. June, we got plenty of time. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with this Malinagi fight and, and Loba fight. If that's going to entice uh, Connor to do something, but not not with Malinagi, but just in general. 
Uh, it, it, Connor's a fighter. We, 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 we can't forget that, right? We, we can't forget the fact that he's still a fighter. The itch is going to be there. There's going to come a time, if he wants it, where he's like, okay, I'm not getting any younger. I got to get one or two more fights in. Let's do one now. Um, could be the money thing. I want to get paid with the right deal. I'm going to focus on it. There's a lot of different things that can motivate Conor McGregor. So with it being June right now, uh, I think we'll see one fight out of Conor, um, especially when um, you know when Habib and, and, and you know Poirier fight. You know, you know Conor is going to be yipping and yapping, right? So yeah, we'll see. McGregor has been drug tested six times since his last fight, but you know that Lobov and Malinaji, it's a fight he's, if he's not going to be there, he's going to be watching very, very closely. Yeah. Uh, or Malinaji and Lobov, uh, you know that he's going to be paying an awful lot of attention to that. Just uh, big time stuff. Also, for, for McGregor, it's big time stuff, not for actual humans. Uh, TJ Dillashaw spoke to Chael Sonnen and really danced around a lot of the PED stuff. Do you think that's because Sonnen sympathizes with Dillashaw and Dillashaw probably knew that and saw it as a safe place for him to go be interviewed? Because if it's Luke Thomas, if it's uh, Ariel Hawani, if it's James Lynch, or if it's even one of us, like that that ain't going to happen. Like, you got to ask him that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a, a safe harbor for, for TJ. Uh, he did say, look, I cheated. Uh, I'm owning up to it. I get it. Um, but, you know, he said it was having a hard time. Making 125, he walks around at the big, at what, 145, he said? Uh, knew Don't how to take cut the fight and then. Yeah, right. That's, that's the dilly right there, right? But, you know, it's your risk, man. It's, it's risk versus reward, unfortunately, uh, in, in this game. And, you know, I think Chael also said it best. He goes, you know, there's so many of your critics right now that are ripping you apart that I believe are on juice. I mean, that's not verbatim, but he's yeah. like, they're cheating as well. They're pointing fingers at you. They're just not getting caught. Right. And, and you know, I'll never forget, you know, Pearson just was all over me at one point saying, I would say most of these guys cheat, if not all of them. Right. He says, I can't compete against them. I can't. I, I go in there knowing that I'm supposed to be way stronger than half these guys and they don't look like they're strong. And as soon as they get a hold of me, it's like, whoa. Right. I mean, George back then was just completely and utterly adamant about the amount of cheaters in MMA. And, you know, one of the reasons why he walked away after that Hendricks fight, well, he walked away before the Hendricks fight, to be honest with you. But, he, they just couldn't take it anymore. They just could not take it anymore. And it, it's so prevalent in the sport. And again, whenever I talk to Luke Berardi, Sean, he's got the steroid eye. He can see it. And it's just whether it's a, it's, it's a ripped body type or a specific body type, it, he, he still tells me all the time. He's like, yep, him, her, her, him, him, her. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But, you know, it's a risk, man. You want to do it? You're going to get caught. If you get caught, own up to it. Jessica Andrade will defend her title for the first time in China against Wiley Zhang. Uh, now, this came as a big surprise to a lot of people, but Rose Namajunas was reached out to for this fight ahead of Wiley accepting and, and them doing this. But, hey, Zong has beat Daniel Taylor, Jessica Aguilar, Tisha Torres, obviously the latter far more uh, impressive than the former. I, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it necessarily but um do i think that she should have gotten that title shot over uh tatiana suarez no i don't i think that is a disgrace to be quite honest with you but um 
I want to know what you think. It's China. They clearly want to make a big splash. I don't know what Tatiana Suarez's status is physically, but unless she's ready to go in two and a half months, then I guess I kind of get it. UFC has to stack these cards, but what do you think about this? It's Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it's a business decision, obviously, right? It's a business decision to say we're going into uh, a market, China, and we need someone out there that people know so we can sell tickets at the venue. It may not do well on, on Fight Pass or any – I think it's ESPN 15, if I'm not mistaken, or ESPN Plus 15. Uh, so it, I, I don't know what kind of numbers they're going to do uh, for ESPN Plus, but it, it's more of a business decision than an MMA decision because Tatiana Suarez deserves that title shot, in my opinion. She is next in line. She deserves – uh, a crack at, at Jessica Andrade. Unfortunately, uh, you know, timing isn't right. And again, we don't know her full health status. She could be recovering from something. Um, well, I don't know what she can be. There was no injury after that fight other than her cardio dipping in that third round, right? It was just, that we didn't hear, hear anything. Was there anything that was announced? Don't believe so. Okay, so yeah, I think she deserves that title shot. But if you're putting Jessica against Tatiana in China, you ain't going to sell many tickets, right? You're going to sell a lot more uh, with Zhang in there. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course, but uh, I think that um, when, when you're booking that, I, I just think it's weird. I mean, Suarez beat Ansaroff, who was it was very clearly pegged to be a title eliminator, and just uh, and I mean, here's the thing: I'm okay with a tune-up fight. I'm okay with Tatiana Suarez getting like somebody in the top fifteen, maybe, or just outside of it. In the meantime, I'm all right with that. Would you put her on this card? See, that's the thing. Do you send her all the way over to China and like maybe put her up against a Chinese fighter? Sure. Yeah, Some true. jobber from China. Yeah. <laughs> top ranked fighter against a jobber. That I, I'm not sure I like, but okay. Yeah, I mean, well, as a tune-up fight, just to, yeah. to placehold it in, in case one of those two misses weight, you can slide it into the main event. And if if Wiley Zhang misses weight, then Suarez has a title fight. If um, Andrade misses weight, then you can – either make it for an interim title or for a top contender spot. But yeah, those are the breaks, man. Dana White says that he has signed a 10-year deal with the UFC, this being after I think he said a five- or a seven-year deal. Yeah, I think he had signed a five-year deal when Fox re-upped, but then it got extended even more with the pay-per-view deal. Now he signed a 10-year deal. So Dana White will be around, I guess, through uh, all the way up until 2030. What do you think of this? I mean, he's going to be 59, 60 by that point. I don't think he makes the 10 years. As soon as the Fertitas buy an NFL team, he's gone. Really? He wants you think in. so? Yeah, he wants in with that NFL purchase, right? Uh, or any sports franchise. If they can get something in the NFL or the NBA, uh, they'll do it. They'll do it. They'll do it. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. See, I'm, I'm of the belief that if I had the opportunity to buy an NFL, sorry, let's 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 look at me for a second. If I had the opportunity to buy an NHL team, an NBA team, and it wasn't Toronto, I'm not buying it. So if it's not the Patriots and it's not the Celtics, why do you want to buy the team if you're Dana White? Money, profit, yes, I get it. It's the same thing if I had an opportunity to buy a soccer team. If it's not a Toronto-based team or Juventus in Italy, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying my competitor who I don't care about, but. I can see what these guys are looking at saying, I make a lot of money doing this and blah, blah. But then you've got to show your passion and your heart because you want that product, that entity uh, to go crazy. From merchandise sales to ticket sales to broadcasting rights or whatever you want to maximize the money you can make with that brand. So I don't know, unless the the, the Patriots, which I doubt are going to be for sale in time by, by Kraft, 
Uh, the Celtics, I completely doubt are going to be for sale anytime soon. Uh, so I don't know what the real thing is. But Dana White making it to 2029 or 2030? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, hopefully you guys make it to this Saturday. We have two MMA shows, uh, Bellator London on, on uh, I think, Saturday early, but it'll be aired in the evening because of the tape delay. I don't know. Well, let's go ahead and talk about this. Gegard Musashi defending against Rafael Lovato Jr. Musashi, a massive favorite, a minus 560. Lovato, a plus 370. And I agree. I don't know what Lovato has for Musashi. What do you think, Joe? I thought I, I'm actually saying there's value on Musashi here, <laughs> right? Because like, of the, yeah, yeah. Because I, I thought this would be in the minus nine hundreds, one thousands, right? Like it's just I don't know. I mean, take nothing away from Lovato. The guy's a mixed martial artist. I get it, but Gegard Musashi. This is not a matchup that I would look at on paper and say, "Hmm, Lovato can do this or that." I, I mean. Now, Musashi has that habit, though, Sean, of just competing to his opponent's level, right? So he could make a dumb mistake in his fight and cost him the title. I doubt it, but he's had that ability where he fights to his competitor's level. So it is what it is, but Musashi should walk away with this fight fairly substantially easily, let's just say. We have Eric Silva, plus 240 against Paul Daly, minus 320. I'm on board with this. I think that's a good line. Now, this is a part of the Bellator 223 card. There's a prelim show, a Bellator 223 show, and a Bellator London show. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But whatever. Those are the betting lines. You also have James Gallagher, a minus 540 against the guy that he's facing, Joseph Labiano. Okay. Melvin Manhoof is in action. Aaron Chalmers is in action. Underrated fight on the prelims, though. Kate Jackson and Lena. Uh, any of these fights stick out to you as something that you're particularly looking forward to? Well, James Gallagher, whenever he competes, I'm always a fan. I like to see him compete and, and do well. I think the line is fair as well. Uh, I mean, he's only 20 points short of, of Musasi's um, uh, line. But, I mean, every time I look and think about Eric Silva, I just – all what happened? Like, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Like, did this guy take too many beatings uh, during training? that it affected him this much because this was a guy at one point, uh, I think before Fightful even started, uh, this was a guy at one point where him and Rory McDonald were considered the future of the division to one day supersede George St. Pierre as the upper echelon of 170 pounds in mixed martial arts. The way this guy's career completely went tumbling down and got deflated is, is beyond me. Uh, and and it, at any one point in time, if you ever said Paul Daly was going to be a minus three twenty favorite over Eric Silva, I'd have laughed in your face. Today, I'm looking at that line, thinking, "Yeah, Paul Daly is going to punch this guy out." Yeah, Charlie Ward also in action. So Bellator two twenty three slash London has has some familiar names at the very least. But you have UFC Greenville this weekend, uh, headlined by. Moicano versus Korean Zombie. This is going to be a very violent show, but I'm going to take you through some of the betting odds. Duran win a minus 300. Eric Spicely a plus 220. It got Spicely back in the UFC, but not an easy task. You have Ariana Lipsky minus 280. Molly McCann a plus 240. Alan Crowder a plus 185. Uh, J.R. Rosenstruck a minus 225. Anderson Dos Santos minus 120. Andre Ewell a plus 100. You have Luis Pena 
a minus 380. Matt Wyman, handsome Matt Wyman, still at it for the love of God. I forgot <laughs> that he existed, uh, but handsome Matt Wyman at, has been at it for 13 years now in the UFC. Um, he is a plus 315. You have Dan Ige, a plus 125. Kevin Aguilar, a minus 145. Then we move into uh, the women's fight. Ashley Yoder, minus 120. Shiri Kondo, who has a bit of a crossover connection there. Uh, she is a plus 120. Do any of these stick out to you? Uh, Dan Ige's value, plus 125. I'll put five on that for sure. Uh, Luis Pena at minus 380 over Matt Wyman. I think that's fair. We we're talking about a guy that's you know been – Matt Wyman's been competing forever, so he's going to have tons of MMA mileage. I remember uh, him from the finger wag and yeah. getting knocked out from it from, by Spencer Fisher. Yeah, it, it was way back when. Wow. How, how about this? A little under the radar, but <laughs> – Matt Wyman has won three of his last four. He's won six of his last eight, but he has not competed in four and a half years, Joe. That's why. That's why that Pena line's at minus 380. It's almost like, give me the fight, get it over with. Now, I've said it a billion times, MMA is MMA. Anything can happen. But uh, Luis Pena has been putting on a bit of a show recently. Not a fantastic show, but the, the kid comes to fight, right? He brings the pain, and, and I think he's going to be fan- he's gonna do well in this fight. I think he emerges victorious. Uh, other than the Ige fight, I mean, Spicely, like you said, is you know, it's not going to be a good fight for him, to be honest with you. But other than that, um, Ige for me is 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 at plus one twenty five. Take nothing away from Aguilar or Aguilar, but Ige is not getting love from anybody. The guy, he's a tough dude. Matt Wyman's career is just so. I mean, some of the guys that he beat, like. Isaac Valley Flag, who I, I remember was winning a couple fights outside of the UFC and then retired. Paul Sass, who won at Bellator in 2013 after he got cut and just hasn't fought since. And Mishihiro Omagawa, who lost his way out and then fought a bunch in Japan, including for World Series of Fighting, like one four in a row, didn't fight anymore. Wild, man. Wild. Uh, it's uh, It's weird to see his name there. It's yeah. so weird. You have Alessio uh, DiCiricchio, a plus 185. Kevin Holland, a minus 225. Uh, that kind of rounds out some of the unknowns, along with Randy Brown, a plus 230. Brian Barberino, a minus 270. We've learned in our time here at FIFA that Brian Barberino is always live, and he is finally being shown that respect by the betters at a minus 270. But then we move up. <clears throat> Andrea Lee, minus 225. Montana De La Rosa, a plus 185. We didn't cover this, but some good news. And, hey, I'm not going to pretend to know Andrea Lee's motivations, priorities, or concerns, but Donnie Aaron got locked up, and they caught him after 10 months. Uh, That that can't hurt her mental state. That's for damn sure, Uh, not having to wonder where a guy that allegedly abused her was. Uh, Anything stand out to you about the Barbarina, Andrea Lee, or, uh, or those subsequent fights? Well, yeah. I mean, like you said, Barbarina, he's, he's got to be everyone. So, like, if you don't like the way this guy competes, you got to be a donkey. I mean, the guy, the guy is fantastic. He just, he's, he's, he's there to ruin people's hype trains, right? That's what he does. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good scrap for him. Uh, it's difficult because I'm sure he wants to be on a more well known, uh, platform, a better card, but, uh, I think he's gonna he'll, he'll be fine against Randy Brown, and of course Andrew Lee. I think you nailed it on the head. The mindset may have changed throughout this training camp, not having to worry or look over your back or 
or wonder what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. It's always going to be there for her. No ifs, ands, or buts. But maybe this is a training camp where she was able to just finally focus and say, all right, I can do this. I can do what I want. I'm, I'm okay, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm, I'm really okay as opposed to before. Uh, and and let, let me show my, my skills and my style against Montana De La Rosa. And I think we're going to see her shine uh, this weekend. I mentioned Siri earlier on, Siri Kondo. If she doesn't win this weekend, she's probably facing being cut. And uh, the fight with yeah, Ashley Yoder, she is, it's a plus 100, so it's not like completely out of the realm of possibility. If Siri Kondo gets cut, mark my words, if she makes the move back over to pro wrestling, she will become a big star. She will be on the likes of like Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, and she will have a style that a lot of people outside of WWE, uh, if she does the fights in America, because, I mean, hey, she's if she's fighting in Greenville, that means she can take some wrestling dates in the States as well. She will be a great pro wrestler. Already is a pretty good pro wrestler. Uh, did a lot of stuff for CMLL. Uh, does a little bit of everything from uh, submission wrestling to kickboxing to MMA to pro wrestling. Keep... Keep your eye on her, guys. Just do it. As we've seen, losing your way out of the UFC does not mean you can't make it as a pro wrestler. Uh, If anything, it gives you even a little bit more credibility just having that UFC experience. John Lineker, minus 210. Rob Font, a plus 175. Of course, this is going to be a good fight. You just (laughs) know it. You just know it, Joe. Who do you got in this one? Um, well, considering John had that split decision loss to Corey Sanhagen, I'm sure he's super ticked off about that decision. He wants to avenge that and keep himself relevant. Uh, and of course, of course, you know, when you think about Rob Fawn, his last win, uh, over Sergio Pettis uh, in December, like they're, they're, this, this is a high quality fight, right? And remember, um, Rob Fawn went the distance with Rafael Sal. Okay. This guy's got skills. He beat Thomas Almeida. So this is going to be a barn burner of a fight. And uh, I think it's going to be Rob Font's going to have to rely on his technique to do the very best he can to not get caught up with John Lineker's brawling style because John Lineker, as we know, one punch, game over, right? So this is a, I think it's going to be a very technical fight, man. It's going to be interesting to see how Lineker's mindset, because Lineker can, can stay focused for 15 minutes and hunt you down. He can do it. Hunt and hunt and hunt and put pressure on you. Um, but you know, Rob's got to be very, very careful here. Very, very careful. Lineker has not lost two fights in like two fights in a row in like 10 years. That's what he'd be facing here. And it was very clearly that early on in his career, he was ill prepared. He was like six and five. And since then has lost, I, I think he's my gosh, I think he's like 25 and four or something. So uh, no tall task to put him away back to back. He ran into Corey Sandhagen. That man, yeah. Corey Sandhagen, just really good. And he's been facing really good fighters for a long time. He's beaten Rob Font before, um, and you know that Rob Font wants that win back. You just know he does. We know that Rob Font can go all three rounds with him, and that was three years ago. So <clears throat> it's a matter of him getting that done again. Then we have Korean Zombie, a plus one seventy. Renato Moicano, a minus 200. I don't know how, outside of making this completely ugly and a Hail Mary, I don't know how Korean Zombie can win this one, Joe. I got Korean Zombie winning this fight. Do you? I My do. God. Uh, I just, I, he went the distance pretty much with Yair Rodriguez, right? Like the last second spinning elbow KO. One second left in the fight. 
And Yario Rodriguez is a bad, bad man with some explosive striking. Moicano getting destroyed by Jose Aldo Jr. Um, where's his head at? Right? I think it's a fantastic fight. Uh, I, I, I could see why Moicano's a favorite. I get it. That's where the bookies uh, originally put that line. I know how much it's moved from there, but I, I, something's telling me Zombie pulls this off, man. I think the Korean Zombie pulls this off. And I don't care if I'm wrong. It's going to pull it off. I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm sure it's going to be a good fight because it's Korean Zombie, man. Yeah, man. It's Korean Zombie. That's UFC Greenville. Of course, we have all of your news updates over at FightfulMMA.com, guys. Make sure you guys tune in. But if you're watching now on YouTube, leave a thumbs up. We're still growing our MMA channel. Uh, Subscribe to it. I post uh, fight review videos. You all probably see those up there a lot. I post news updates, ranking updates. Carlos does the boxing podcast and boxing interviews, media calls, all that good stuff. Harry Kettle has interviews up as well. Just lots of stuff over at FightfulMMA.com. Joe Holbert does a great job over there as well. Carlos Toro is absolutely fantastic. I mean, Carlos is yeah. he's one of the best boxing guys, period. He's yeah, so yeah, under the radar fantastic. right now. But he's I do want to say I do want to say, I think everyone, if you're if you're watching a UFC event, make sure you're you're you've got Sean on um notifications. Uh, cause some of the stuff he tweets, a lot of it's professional, it's professional, but there's times when something happens in a fight or there's times that a decision happens or something in general where Sean's going to lose his shit. And he, when he loses his S H I T, it comes out on Twitter and it's fantastic. Cause I could be, if I'm not watching live or if I happen to be driving home or whatever like that, I've got him on notifications just for that, for sure. And I see some of the stuff I'm like, Oh no. What happened? Because Sean is losing his marbles. So I highly recommend put Sean Ross app on notifications because the guy's a mess when a UFC fight's on. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, fortunately for me, uh, wrestling is where my bread is buttered, so I don't have to worry about burning bridges in MMA. Although I did just finally get on UFC's press list. So. Right. And we did have Harry Kettle at a UFC uh, press conference in London. Did Couldn't believe it? it. Couldn't believe it, man. M- miraculous. So, hey. You never know. But, hey, guys, help us out. Help us get the ball rolling. Beyond get the ball rolling. Help us uh, get our name out there in the MMA world. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you, guys, so much. Until next time, follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow Joe at Joe A. Ferraro. Mark it down. We're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.